welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season two of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode six. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, I will start with our recap uh, today. Okay. And we're going to recap episode six titled Earthling. Well, we open the episode with a husband, which we later find out his name is Randy Danzig, setting up a romantic anniversary dinner for his wife and is speaking with her on the phone. She thinks he's going out of town on a trip and he keeps telling her that he's at the airport, excuse me, while we see him taking dinner out of the oven and putting flowers on a table. And um, he asks her if she's going to be home soon and she says yes in a few minutes. She's hit some traffic. So as he's going about getting everything ready, he notices the TV turning on by itself and some lights turning off when he goes um, around the house. He goes to investigate and a shadowy figure approaches him menacingly. The wife gets home. The house is silent, sees the flowers and the dining room table set for dinner. And she goes in search of her husband and sees him sitting in a chair. She, she says thank you so much and notices he's not talking and he's just kind of looking straight ahead and she gets closer and realizes something's wrong when she touches his arm or his hand and he starts to crumble apart into ashes. At the scene, Royals um, is asking several pointed questions to Walter, Peter and Olivia and Olivia seems to notice that he's got a special interest in, in asking these particular questions he takes Peter and Olivia to a storage center to show them files from a case he worked on four years ago in Washington, D.C., where five people died by turning, being turned into dust. He said that he um, had a suspect, which was an Eastern European man, who would contact him and ask them to solve a formula in order to stop the killings. Um, they found out that Randy Danzig, who was the husband had visited his mother in the hospital earlier that day. And it seems to be that all of the other victims in four years ago had also visited or been in the hospital before their death. Back at the lab, Walter determines that the ashes um, from the husband do not contain any radiation, which all bodies should have even when they die. Little trace amounts. Um, back at the hospital, Broyles has the FBI going through all of the med hospital staff records to find someone that matches his suspect's description of working in a hospital and being Eastern European. Um, as Broyles and Olivia are talking, in another part of the hospital, a nurse discovers another patient or a patient that has also been turned into ashes. At this point, one of the FBI team comes up and tells Broyles that they've matched a description to a Thomas Kozlov and they rush to his apartment to find that that person does not exist. That's an, the name is an alias. And so they try to get some mat, some print that they can match their database. Once they get the uh, fingerprint through the FBI database, Broyles is contacted by Senator Dennis Van Horn who Broyles seems to know quite well and tell and uh, Senator Van Horn tells Broyles that the CIA and the Russian government are investigating his suspect and that he should stop his investigation. Broyles tells him, no, this is my case. I've worked on this for too long. I'm not giving it up. And the Senator tells him you have to give it up. The Senate, the CIA is telling you, you need to give it up. Broyles calls Olivia on the phone and tells her, 
what's going on. And she, he tells her at this, from this point on, do nothing in writing. Don't write anything down. I'm still on this case. She tries to kind of talk him out of it. And he's adamant. He's not giving it up while on the phone with Broyles, Olivia and the FBI tech are looking through the surveillance tape and notice a shadowy figure on the tape walking through the hospital halls. Broyles goes and notice and talks to Walter and Olivia and Peter about the tape and um, Broyles receives a confidential file about the Russian, which we now find out is a Russian man from Senator Van Horn's office, which identifies the suspect as Timur Vasilev, Vasilev, I know I'm not saying that right, <laughs> whose brother was a cosmonaut and who was declared dead after a space mission where he returned in a coma. Um, they also are looking for Timur Vasilyev because he took his brother out of the Russian hospital, out of Russian custody. So they're desperately wanting to find him and get him back. Uh, Broyles and Olivia go to Walter's lab where he's working on the formula while listening to opera music blasting out of the stereo. Walter's theory is that the cosmonaut took a spacewalk and possibly brought an organism back with him. And it's this organism that is actually killing people for the radiation in their bodies. At this point, we're back at the hospital and it's real dark and dreary. And a nurse is going to check on some patients in one of her wards. And who we know as Timur arrives behind her. He's got a syringe and he's telling him her that he wished she didn't see him, but that he needs to unplug this patient. The next thing we know, um, the nurse is all laid out in the hospital bed and the patient is gone and he has drugged, thank goodness, just drugged the patient and taken off with the body. Mm -hmm. Um, we next see Timur in his hotel room with, a bunch of car batteries hooked up to his, to we now know his brother while listening to his voicemail messages. At this time, Broyles and Walter, Peter and Olivia had, and Astrid had discussed um, that fact that Walter could probably decode the formula and that um, agent Broyles was going to call Timur's voicemail and leave him a message telling him that they could help him find this cure and hopefully they could get him to call back. So as Timur is hooking his brother up to all this stuff, he listens to his messages and hears the one from Broyles, but he keeps on telling his brother he's going to free him soon and, and take care of him. He flips the switch, the brother's body convulses, and we see the shadowy figure um, going into the body. As soon as he throws the switch off, the, the shadowy figure comes back out and he flips it again with more juice mm -hmm. and trying to keep that shadowy figure in his brother's body to keep him from killing anyone else. In the meantime, his brother is dying because of all the, the juice he's given him. But eventually his heartbeat comes back and he's happy that he's figuring that he's, he's safe for a little bit. Back at the lab, Olivia asks Broyles why the case means so much to him. And he tells her he's became obsessed with this case four years ago. And at that point he wasn't worried about promotions. He was just worried about keeping the world safe for the better good and that because of this case and his obsession, it really ended his marriage. Walter and Peter um, then decided to use Tinker Toys to recreate the formula in life-size form. Timur, during this time, Timur calls Broyles to find out the solution to the formula. 
And Walter is telling Broyles that the organism and his brother have become one and cannot be separated, so there really is no cure to the formula. When Broyles uh, gives Timor this information um, and then urges Timor to tell him where he is so that they can come and help him because they can, they know that there's a way to help him even without the formula being solved. While speaking to Timor, um, he stops talking and Broyles keeps calling his name. We go back to that hotel room and see a little fan blowing in the background. It comes across Timur and he starts blowing away into dust, which is freaky. <laughs> it's nasty. We see the entity alive and well and walking out of the hotel room. Mm. Astrid uses his cell signal, which is still open, to find the location and they arrive at the hotel to find the brother's body laying out in a van and Timur crumbling in the hotel room. Peter suggests they cause distress to the astronaut cosmonaut's body to get the shadowy entity back in the body since they're connected. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they could contain it. Walter isn't sure how to do it. He's trying to fiddle with all of the equipment and starts to rig machines up to the body when they hear a little girl in another hotel room at the property screen. Excuse me, Broyles tells everyone to stand back walks up and just shoots the cosmonaut in the head, which kills him and causes the entity to die as well. We assume. Hmm. Um, At this point, we see the Russian, um, we assume space program, or they're all in hazmat gear, basically, coming to claim the bodies, and they have all this special equipment to do so. Um, We next see Broyles, knocking on a door and it's his ex-wife's house and he wants he wants to tell her that he's closed the case she looks sad and tells him that she's happy for him and they kind of look at each other for a little bit and um she invites him in to eat dinner with her and her now i'm guessing husband new husband husband, and he says no you know he's just going to go ahead and go for her to enjoy her evening as royals leaves to get into his car a man walks up to him in the street and tells him that he has a real friend in Senator Van Horn and that when the CIA tells him to stop an investigation, they mean it and that a person could get in a lot of trouble. He tells Broyles that there will be no report on the case and turns to walk away. At this point, Broyles stops him and asks what they did with the cosmonaut. And the man said they had no choice once he started breathing again and then starts looking up into the sky. The guy turns around to walk away and then Broyles looks up into the sky and the episode is over. The end. Boom. Mm. I tried to make that recap shorter. That was very short. Because, you know, everyone's seen it. And oh, we have gotten some feedback about our recaps being too long and not having enough time to talk. Oh, well, anyway. Okay. So, what did you think about okay. Earthling? Well, this is what I thought about this episode. If it wasn't for two things... I was bored to tears with this episode. Really? Yeah. It was it was really annoying to me because it's going back to this formulaic thing. But the two things I liked was we got to see a whole lot of broils. And that yeah. that guy who's playing that part, he is just so powerful on the screen. Lance Reddick. And I love seeing Walter and, and Peter build them Tinker Toys. I played with Tinker Toys as a child. And I thought, oh, look at that. That was cool. Yeah, that's an old school toy. That's an old school toy because I'm an old school person. But yeah. uh, 
that was really, really a fun scene, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, I was real, I was real bored with this. But but one good thing that we did learn out of it is that now they know that the Russians also have a fringe division. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So that may play maybe later on. They'll have to do some collaborating or something, you know. But uh, And I thought it was really cool that the way they dealt with this is to just shoot him back up in space. Because what else are you going to do with it? That's what I'm assuming they meant, too, oh, yeah, yeah. at the end, too. Yeah. I, I figured that's it. what they meant. But he said, once he started breathing again. Exactly. That bullet we, did not kill him. Thank you. But that's because that entity in him was linked. But supposedly you could kill, if you kill the entity, or if you kill the man, it would kill the entity, but Evidently apparently not. not. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, he bought it back from outer space, so who knows what kind of, mm. whatever it was. Mm. So I thought that mm. was pretty cool, but I didn't really like the part of of them um, turning to dust. Well, that part was okay for a, for a fringy type way to kill people. But I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that this little entity thing was running around a hospital and you could see it on film. That just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> you know, they, they had to see it on film. No, they had to have some way to figure out what it was. I know, I know. But and the only other way for them to figure it out was before, as is to see it before it snatches you up and turns you into dust. <laughs> That's so true. They but, had to have some way to see it. But I loved seeing this much of Broyles. That was great. I did too. I loved the scene with uh, when he went to tell his wife. And I like when the husband came and said, Hey, Philip, and you know, Broyles nodded his uh-huh. head. And then like, he hey, just, Robert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he just went on and, right. and gave them some space. I thought that was very, very telling. That you was know, good. So, yeah. so that lets you know that, yes, she has moved on. She got a new husband, but there's no hard feelings with, with, with any of them. So, so that's well, good. Back at the beginning of the episode, I really liked the first scene, which I didn't really talk about with Broyles sitting in a restaurant. That's because you went so quick. That's okay because it really wasn't relevant <laughs> other than to show. That he ha- he's he can have fun and has a rapport with kids. Yeah. That's basically what it was showing, but it really of wasn't course. relevant to the whole show. But That's cool. That whole scene to me was so cute. It was really cute. And um, Lance Reddick, the way he, at first he was kind of looking kind of gruff. So you kept thinking he's irritated, but then he kind of peeked around the side of the menu, which I thought was really cute. And the way he just... <laughs> Smile at the at the little boy. Mm. Um, Every time I see him, though, I think about his character on Oz. Man, I tell you. Well, I didn't see Oz. So. Yeah, but anyway. But I really like that scene. I, I did, too. That was really cute. It was a scene without words, mm-hmm. and but it showed so much, or and, it told so much. And it was about time that, that we start seeing a different, or more, two broils. Yeah, because I always see him as the hard-ass mm-hmm. guy who's always given orders and has all this knowledge, but... My question on that scene was, where was the little boy's parents? You didn't see nobody sitting at the table with him. He was a little boy, too. Yeah, but I took it like the parents probably went, like, to the buffet or something. That was not a buffet restaurant. That was a nice restaurant. I don't know. That was my thing. So I, at first, thought that that little boy was going to have more significance in the show, but Mm -hmm. apparently not. Apparently not. Obviously not. (laughs) Just like, I mean, uh, Astrid and... um, and uh, Walter, they didn't have a whole lot to do either. They did, but no, it was kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. 
But you know, when you have this many people on the cast, you can't every week, if you're focusing on one, show a lot of everyone else. That's true. You really can't, because we didn't see a lot of Olivia either. Except on the side. Yeah. Sort of, kind of, on the side. Now, I kind of thought the the little turning to dust thing was pretty cool. That first scene when she went to touch the husband. That was shocking. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, what the hell? That was real shocking. Mm -hmm. What? I mean, you can't get away from that at all. <laughs> it was very, but when she walked in and he was a staring. And like, what oh, about no. that scene? There was a lot more that happened in the scene when uh, we first, the first scene we get to the lab where Walter's playing all that music really loud. You know, he's trying to work out that formula, but there was, there was more that happened in that scene as well. Well, he, you know, in several of the scenes, he was first trying to find, radiation in the body which i don't know where you know what would have made him think of that except that i guess since the people just disintegrated into dust he was trying to figure out something some way to identify anything with their ashes and then he went on to talk about everybody well well, back to that i took it like well he's a scientist of course he would know because it is statement every body whether it's alive or dead, emits radiation. Right. But so my, therefore, if he's if he's testing these ashes and there's none, then yeah, that would stand out. Right. But the point is, he had to go get that Geiger counter. Why would he even think to do that? Why? What would because he? Because he's in the friends division. Well, yes, I understand. <laughs> hmm. But you know, my that wouldn't be your first thought. Oh, let me go check the radiation on well, his ashes. I didn't take it like that was his first thought anyway. I mean, he was already there in the lab. He'd already done stuff. And right. they had that formula all up on the uh, on the board already. So that wasn't his first thing that he did. That was just one of the things that he did. So that's the way I took it anyway. Yeah, and then when they started talking about the formula and, and uh, Broyles had given Peter, you know, some of the old files that had the formula they were trying mm-hmm. to figure out you know, the solution to that's when Walter really started getting into his own rhythm and head trying yeah. to figure out. He's like, this isn't really a chemical. This is a organic mm-hmm. matter, but they really didn't go into it. And then, you know, this, this kind of, we haven't really seen a story yet or that I can remember that didn't involve, I mean, this is fringy, but it's really kind of alieny, spacey. All the other episodes have really concerned something based on science, and this was really out there where it wasn't really based on anything tangible. Well, but I thought it was, I thought it was very much in keeping with um, the Fringe Division stories because, you know, who knows what they bring back, even just on the outside of a shuttle craft when it, uh, 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 uh comes back from being, you know, on the moon or Venus or, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Nobody knows because it's otherworldly. So I thought it was entirely plausible that this little entity thing could be brought back, especially once when they said that the brother was a cosmonaut. Made perfect sense to me. What didn't make sense to me was to catch the thing on some film. That just, <laughs> and I'm a science fiction person, but I, I don't know. That just was, was well, if it was lazy a, to me. If it was full of radiation, you would think it would show s- somewhere. A glow or something. But, I mean, you could see the whole thing on film, you know. I don't know. But one thing. It just, it just didn't ring true to me. That didn't bother me. What bothered me 
Excuse was me. the fact that every time they showed that hospital, it was dark as hell. Okay. No. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because see, okay, I've been in the hospital. Yes. And at nighttime. It there is, is no way those corridors are that daggone no, dark. They're too damn bright, as a matter of fact. Yeah, cannot... They have lights on. Yeah. Every time. Now, I understand whenever that shadow thing would go through, it would mess with the lights and mess with the TVs but and screens. But the nurses would but, have said, oh, what's going yeah, on with the but lights? The, but the first two scenes with those nurses, where it was just kind of skulking around first, yeah. was dark. She looked up. The hallway was dark. There dark. was no light nowhere. And I'm thinking, where? Ho- what kind of he- hospital is this? You know what that scene reminded me of? I don't remember which one, but it reminded me of the scene in, a scene in the Terminator. They in a hospital. Oh, that was a mental hospital. Well, but still, it's never that dark. No. It, the corridors are never that dark. No. And the very reason... And especially in a mental hospital, it's because them crazy ass people might be lurking somewhere. Sister J, excuse me, but anyway, <laughs> but but that just yeah. When I saw those yeah, that those hospital me. things, I, I just felt that was too jarring because a real hospital is not run well, that way. It was, it was they were trying to make it creepy. Yeah, but it but didn't work. Didn't need to do. I, I don't think it worked either. It didn't work. Mm-mm. I just felt like this is not. This is kind of like a horror filmish type device yeah. that they use in horror films where everything is dark. You can't see yeah. around the shadows. The dude is already a shadow. Yeah. And I guess they wanted him to kind of blend in and that's why they made it dark. Well, but, but see, now, that's even more reason why it don't make sense you can ke- catch the daggum thing on some film. On well, the surveillance tape. In oh, that please. tape, it was light in the hallway. Yeah, you know, that just... Uh, you know, I was... To be quite honest with you, and I really like Fringe, but I was real disappointed that we had to wait for two, three weeks through them daggum ball games, and this is the episode that they show <laughs> when we come back. You know, because we, we're, we're eager for it, you know. I like the episode. I mean, I liked it because Broyles was in about. it. But I thought it was entertaining. Oh, well. I was like, ooh, what? What? Now, I didn't quite understand everything, which that's normal, but... Mm-hmm. I liked it. It didn't have nothing to do with the with the others, alternate re- yeah, with no. the alternate reality. That's what, that's what I nothing. meant. Nothing. Well, that's what I meant when I said it, it, it was more. It was like this alien thing. It was a backstory for Broyles. That's what it was. So Basically, you could so yeah. you could find out he's been uh, that he's been on this particular cold case, if you will, for four years. Yeah. This particular case was the case that messed up his marriage. And his personal life, and now he was going uh, able to resolve this specific particular case. Well, that's fine and dandy, but you know it had nothing to do with with what the I wanted. Universe, other um, uh, the others, Peter, not others. Peter that's lost the observer. Uh, yeah, the observer. Yeah, I'm saying the others. <laughs> I know the observer. Me too. Uh, you know, I want to know about Peter because Peter's. Got to be figuring out, hey, wait a minute. I think well, I'm from the We got a couple reality. of stories from Walter about Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris, he's saying, well, you know, he always tells these stories. I know. And when he does, Peter's always at first looking at him like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And mm-hmm. then he'll say something. He never, he never takes over and starts out. Peter never takes on initiating a story about his childhood. That's Have you true. noticed that? Yeah. It's always Walter says, hey, you know. Yeah, when you were a little kid, you used to like this. And Peter goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or 
Peter never comes up and says, remember when I was a kid and we used to do such and such and such? The only time he did was about that fishing lure. I was just going to say, with the fishing lure. That was the only one. Yeah. But, so we we got a little bit more um, information about Peter's childhood a little bit. Yeah. But also what was interesting was when the senator came on the scene, mm-hmm. him and Broyles obviously were friends or are friends because he told Broyles, I understand why this is important to you, but you cannot, you have to let this go. Mm-hmm. And then when Broyles told him, you know, say hello to Linda, or Mary, whoever. Whatever his wife's name was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That showed, oh yeah, they have an old time yeah. relationship. Yeah. And then when Broyles did continue then what did the senator do he sent him some special files he said i knew you wouldn't let it go so you know and once again that was a part of Broyles' backstory you know you let him know we already knew he had some real high high up contacts anyway yeah because whatever they need they get done he does Mm -hmm. he does yep Yep. and even nina sharp says that do what you do (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. they need to show her next we need that backstory (laughs) yeah we need that one I'm sure that one predates the wife and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I don't know, though, because four years. I mean, it's been four years. That's true. Yeah. They've been divorced four years, so, you know. But, you know, um, he showed up at her house randomly in season one also. Yeah. So, he obviously does. Well, you know, he's got kids, so he probably sees them off and on, but they've gotten, they're friendly-ish. Yeah. And the wife looks really sad. Whenever she sees him, though, she looks really sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she still got some feelings for yeah. Philip. I'm sure she does. Well, you know, Philip. All right. Well, I don't know, what, but Lance Reddick looked sexy in this episode for some he reason. He looked really me. good. He did look good. He looked really good. That mm-hmm. take charge, and we got to see him with a gun. Yep. Running into buildings. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I like him as an actor, though. I think he does a really good job. Well, we didn't have any um, feedback on this episode. So this this uh, podcast is going to be fairly short, especially since Sister J didn't really care for it. Well, you know, I'm just... And I've, I've made a really quick work of our recap. You're right. And I'm just hoping that they step it on up now. They need to get back in the groove, like before they took that little break. I, I like the episode. I mean, it wasn't one of the strongest. I really liked Momentum Deferred mm-hmm. uh, a lot. So, And now that I'm thinking about it, you know, next week... It'll be another episode, but then the next week's Thanksgiving, so they probably won't have an episode. You're right. I think they have two or three more, and then the winter break. Yeah, uh, starts. or something. Yeah, because uh, uh, I do know they're not going to have one on Thanksgiving on that Thursday. No, so no, they won't. All right. Well, if anyone would like to send us an email, you can do so at sisterspeak at gmail dot com. Our voicemail line is nine seven two. Six nine two seven three four one, and our website is sistersinreview.com and we'll definitely be back next week and then we don't know for sure what's happening after that with our episodes that's true okay i'm sister k and i'm sister j see you next week <laughs>